0: Taking a move that I make I give it everything I got Cause that what it takes I push the limit till it breaks The heart of the brave The soul of a legend with the will to be paid Hold up Welcome <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of No Mercy with yours truly, Stephen A. Smith, coming at you as I love to you several times a week, wherever you can find your free podcast. Go to No Mercy with Stephen A. You'll find me there. Thanks again to our official studio sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sports betting company of the No Mercy podcast. Also, gold is the silver bullet for protecting and building your wealth. So call my friends at Legacy Precious Metals at 866-257-3080. That's 866-257-3080. Or download your free investing kit by visiting them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. You know, sometimes I have to maintain my cool. Because one of the things that I've resented for years was the constant, numerous times I've had to come to my own defense addressing the issue of weed, Uh, yes, marijuana, in a world of professional sports. On numerous occasions, one of the things that I pointed out, repeatedly, 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 Is that when it comes to weed. Just don't be stupid enough to let it cost you your money. Now, I'm not going to mention names. But we've had numerous athletes throughout the years cost themselves. Hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions, because they were weed addicts. They couldn't get enough of it. I personally, as somebody. who has sat courtside at basketball games. And I say courtside because obviously you don't get to do that with football games. You don't get to do that with baseball games. You're usually in the press box. On a couple of occasions that I actually went to a hockey game, the press box is up near the damn roof of the stadium. Basketball, I was courtside. I personally saw dudes high. And I just think or thought it was embarrassing. I thought it was egregious. I thought it was unacceptable. Now, obviously, everybody isn't affected the same way, and I understand that. But to me, my attitude has never been about the drug itself. It's been about the fact that you allowed it to cost you money. I don't understand how you can grow up poor and desolate and bust your behind and work so hard to get to a point of prosperity and then blow it because you can't stop smoking some damn weed. And my man Snoop Dogg had to come on the air with me to let everybody know, yo, he ain't talking about folks smoking weed. I smoke weed. Obviously, I'm talking about Snoop. And Stephen A and our boys. He's talking about don't let it cost you your money. That is true. That has always been true. My attitude is, as long as it ain't going to cost you your money, do what you want to do. Well, now, according to numerous reports, and obviously I would know them to be true because I'm familiar with the NBA collective bargaining negotiations that just took place where a new seven-year deal has been reached with an out after six years for either side if they want to opt out of the deal, that one of the things that was addressed in the collective bargaining agreement is that NBA players will no longer be tested for marijuana. So in other words, one could easily argue that I have no excuse for telling an NBA athlete to stay off the weed duh. But I have to confess, I wish I could. Because you see, in the weeks and the months to come, it could be Al Harrington, former NBA player. It could be Matt Barnes, former NBA player, or a host of other dudes. I'm quite sure I'm going to have this discussion. With individuals that are proudly weed aficionados. In Al Harrington's case, somebody who's in the cannabis industry. And make no mistake about it. I know of several former athletes who are investing in a cannabis business. And it happens to be very profitable. We live in a capitalistic society. I'm not hating. But can we at least be real about something here? It does have the capability To compromise the quality of the product That may not be with everybody Hell it may not be with most But in doing some homework Okay I've heard about THC How we're talking about genetically modified strains in weed that are up to 300, 400 times more potent than the weed that folks were smoking in the 80s and 90s. It's a drug. In my opinion. When stuff like that comes in to consideration. I've looked this stuff up. And I'm no expert. But it's called Tedra. Hydrocannabinol, tetrahydrocannabinol, Tedrahydrocannabinol, THC, everybody knows what I'm talking about, I've been told, they don't know anything about weed, and if the strains, genetically impaired, I might add, are 400 times more than it used to be, which is plausible, what are we talking about here? How is it not going to have a profound impact on you? I understand that you know what? It can treat or prevent nausea. I'm reading from Google right here. It can treat or prevent nausea and vomiting caused by cancer medications when other other medications do not work. It also increases the appetite of people with AIDS. I'm just reading from Google right here. My mama, as her last days approached in 2017, The same Stephen A. Smith who would preach about staying off the weed. I looked into my mother taking some medicinal marijuana. Whatever it took to save her life, I was willing to do. I didn't want to lose the greatest woman, the greatest human being I've ever known. She wouldn't do it, but I wanted her to. So I'm not going to be a hypocrite here and tell you that there's no purpose to marijuana. There's no purpose to weed. There's not going I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to ignore the fact that a multitude of states over 26 states. Have legalized the use of marijuana. I'm not going to I'm not going to sweat all of that. What I'm saying to you is in the world of sports where it has the ability To impair your motor skills, your hand-eye coordination, et cetera. These are the things that I've been told. I'm not sure it was wise for the NBA to agree to take out marijuana testing. I'm certain, this is what I am certain about. It damn sure wasn't the wisest thing for all of us to read about it in the headlines. When you talk about Madison Avenue and you're talking about folks trying to monetize their brand, you certainly don't want to give the impression there's a bunch of dudes out there smoking some weed. I don't think it needed to be announced. I don't think it's something that we needed to be publicized. And if it's true, that the strains in weed today are 400 times greater compared to what it was in the eighties and early nineties. This cause for pause and concern. I don't give a damn what anybody says. Now I ain't going to knock cats, because if you ain't being tested for weed, we don't need to be talking about weed. Fair enough. And it's no longer going to cost you your money. So I no longer get to tell you to stay off the weed because my position was, I didn't want it to cost you your money. You still don't have to like it. Because when you look at cats today. Bodies the same. Games the same. There seems to be no elevation from one year to the next. You're either great or you're not. You're all what you are. Whatever the case may be. You do kind of wonder what the hell people are doing sometimes. And I've always looked at weed from this particular instant, From this particular perspective. You know nerves are a part of the equation. And if weed calms you down and it mellows you out, and what have you, it allows you to tune out the noise when you're in hostile confines. It allows you to deal with the pressure of the moment, say a game seven or something along those lines or being in a hostile confine when 20,000 people are screaming in your face and all of this other stuff. To me, that's a part of sports. Not that this part that I'm about to bring up has anything to do with weed at all, because it does not. But when I talked about Naomi Osaka, who is a phenomenal, great tennis player. And obviously she couldn't take the criticism and it really, really affected her where there were emotional meltdowns. And all of us came to her aid because we felt incredibly sorry for her. And I was one of those people who did as well and I still do even though it's been a long time since there's been any incident involving her because she hasn't really been doing but so much lately. I guess there's stuff going on in her personal life. I don't know the the information. I don't know if she's married, pregnant, whatever. I don't know. But I will tell you this. Nerves are a part of it. Hostile confines are a part of it. When you think about Jordan and Kobe and LeBron and some of the greats who have ever played the game of basketball or football or baseball or anything like that. It ain't just about what they could do. It was about the moments in which they did it. It was about. The environment and the ambiance upon which they performed. All of that is a part of it and anything that assists in you being able to deal. With such adverse circumstances, one could easily argue, gets associated with performance enhancement. If I'm nervous as hell every time I'm in a tight situation, but smoking some weed calms me down, that's an advantage. Nerves are a part of sports. Intestinal fortitude is a part of sports. Lucidity. An ability to maintain pause under pressure or poise under pressure matters. And if weed has an effect on that, and I don't know because it's not something that I've ever been inclined to do, then to me, it should be allowed and if it's going to be allowed we damn sure need don't need to advertise that it's allowed that's just me but again if it ain't affecting your money i got nothing to say the only other thing i would add just for those who wondered as wh- as to why somebody like me born and raised in the, in the streets of new york city grew up with drug dealers and the whole bit why i never did weed <sighs> I'm going to tell you a little story real quick. I was always militant. I was always somebody who considered myself to be a rebel with a cause. And I never wanted the system to have something hovering over me. Where I needed assistance meaning with drugs or whatever the case may be, to be all that I could be. I never wanted to be inebriated. I wanted to be lucid. I wanted to be cogent. I wanted to be alert. I wanted to be on it. I didn't want to be one of those dudes that was dependent on something like that to be all I could be. That's why I never did it. One of the popular drugs out there that a lot of people don't talk about that much in this day and age is Adderall. And how you got people popping those left and right. I don't want to depend on something like that to be all I could be. That's just me. That's one thing I want to bring up. The other thing I want to bring up, I wanted to get back to Angel Reese and, and Caitlin Clark. Um, To reiterate what I said on television when it first went down, I completely stood with Angel Reese. I had no problem with it. Now, you could say that she was a bit excessive, you know, once you know you won the game, let it go, that kind of thing. Okay, I could deal with that. You know, you made your point, leave it alone. But I don't want to hear anybody talking smack about her when they said nothing when Caitlin Clark was doing it. She instigated it. And I love Caitlin Clark. I think she's got the potential to be the best women's basketball player ever of all time when all is said and done. She's that gifted. She's the Steph Curry of women's basketball. As far as I'm concerned, she ain't even in the WNBA yet. I don't care. I ain't seeing anything like her from the woman's side. She is spectacular. She could pull up from the parking lot. Steph Curry, female version. That's Caitlin Clark. And I think she's great for women's basketball. But she instigated all of that. She really, really did. And as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing wrong with Angel Reese returning the favor. Doing the same thing to her, she was doing to other people. While she was busting their living, you know what? That's what Kate and Clark was doing. So guess what? Angel Reese had every right to do it to her. Okay? My former colleague, Keith Oberman Going off on her the way he did. Out of pocket. Again, you didn't say anything about Caitlin Clark when she did it. What's the dude formerly from Barstool, David Portnoy? David Portnoy. Really? Where were you when Caitlin Clark was doing it? Yes, I went there. Yes, I made it a black-white issue because this is the issue that we have to overcome. Just be fair. Whatever your opinion is, be fair. Do the same thing to the other side that you do to one side. That's it. And then your opinion is just your opinion. But when the same thing is done, yet you got nothing to say about the white girl, but you got something to say about the sister. That's a problem. It's a problem. That's why Shaq spoke up. That's why Jamel Hill spoke up. That's why others spoke up. Because we noticed the discrepancy. The inconsistency. We ain't blind. We know. Just be consistent. I've said it before and I'll say it again. White folks said, you listening. You want to hear. As much as I'm disgusted with this white dude that I thought was a friend that I haven't seen but once or twice in 30 years. But who turned out to be a real asshole because of his insensitivity. I do agree with him. I'm sick and tired of all the race talk. I wish that we could get to a place where it wouldn't have to be this. I don't blame him for feeling that way. I really don't. I don't blame anybody white out there for feeling when can we get past it? I'm going to tell you when. When you exercise fairness and equality at all times. That's when. I said this before and I'll say it again. When George Floyd had De- Derek Chauvin police officer in Minnesota, when he had his knee on, his, on, on George Floyd's neck for over 9 minutes. So many people spoke about police brutality and you know you heard you saw riots in the streets and people going off and we're tired of this we're tired of this we're tired of this. Let me tell y'all something. The riots in the streets were not just because of the knee on George Floyd's neck. The riots in the streets were not just because of police brutality or brutality on the part of some police officers. The riots in the streets were because black folks, minorities in this country felt it was a metaphor for what's plagued us for centuries. The proverbial knee on our necks all the time over one thing after another, that's why the frustration reached the boiling point. We're sick and tired of hearing folks talk about it. we're listening, we're listening. We want to hear, we want to hear. We want to understand. And then you go back doing the same old BS you always do. Why do you think people jumped up and spoke up on behalf of Angel Reese? Because you didn't say anything about Caitlin. Had you said something about Caitlin, then nobody would have said anything in response to what you had to say about Angel Reese. All you had to do was say something about Caitlyn, Caitlin, when Caitlin did it. You, you Keith Olbermann, you David Portno, or various others of that ilk. If you'd have called out Caitlyn Clark when she was doing it, nobody would have had anything to say about what you had to say about Angel Reese. But you didn't. You said nothing. And if you said something, then I missed it. I apologize, but I missed it. That's the issue. As it pertains to the first lady, Jill Biden, respectfully, no. Runner-ups don't get invited to the White House. But I will come to Jill Biden's defense in this regard. I didn't bring this up on TV the other day because I didn't think about it in a moment. But as I thought about it, again, totally agree with Angel Reese. Who, by the way, has decided she will go to the White House with LSU. But Joe Biden had no business suggesting that the runner-ups in the National Championship game, Iowa, all because of their competitive spirit and they were so competitive and they played so hard. So what? You lost. Runner-ups don't get invited to the White House. It's not what happens. And the suggestion should not have been made. But the more I thought about it, I will bring up this point that nobody brought up. Joe Biden's husband. Yes, he's the president, Joe Biden. He's also planning a runner for reelection. Iowa matters. To politicians. It's one of the first stops you make on the campaign trail, particularly when you announce your run for the presidency. You need their support. That's probably why Jill Biden mentioned Iowa. Because by a sheer mention of the fact that you're willing to let them come to the White House, that you recognize how valiant they were, even in defeat, ingratiates you with those Iowa voters. And don't think for one second. That a politician's wife doesn't know that. Remember, when Joe's on the campaign trail, the wife is usually with them. She knows what Iowa means. We were talking about Angel Reese in response to Joe Biden offering Iowa the opportunity to come to the White House or suggesting that they should come. We were talking about how wrong that was from a competitive perspective, We didn't think about it from a political perspective. Jill Biden got a lot of folks in Iowa saying, I love that woman. I love that woman. What a wonderful suggestion she made. I love her. See, that's why we need her husband in the White House. That's the kind of people that we need there. Somebody that would love us like that. That's what those folks are thinking. Probably worked. That's just me, I'm guessing. Lots more to discuss. You got my sports take. I got some more stuff coming up. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Donald Trump, the list goes on and on. Oh, I got some more. Stay tuned. You're listening to No Mercy with Stephen A. Back with more in a minute. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock like my lifeline until I, flatline, I push it to the red line. gonna stop me huh? gonna stop me huh? There's a lot of stuff that I want to get into. Uh, I definitely want to talk at some point about Marjorie Taylor Greene and Donald Trump, but I got to stay with sports for a second here because William Morris Endeavor has made news. Led by Ari Emanuel, I know him personally. President Mark Shapiro, I know him personally. Um, That is the agency that represents me. I've known both of those individuals for over 20 years. Congratulations to them uh, because they recently acquired World Wrestling Entertainment. Now, for those of you who might have missed it, I was at WrestleMania 39 last week at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, California. I had a blast. I had a blast. I got to admit to you that it was a sensational event. There is no doubt about that. All right. Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes in the in the championship and, you know, obviously for the championship fight, heavyweight championship of the world. I mean, I watched them. It was special. No doubt about it. What an incredible match. No doubt about it. But I will tell y'all this. First, on the WWE side, I'm sorry, on the on on um, William Morris Endeavor side. I got to give props where props is due. You got World Wrestling Entertainment and the UFC with Dana White? I mean, the UFC is climbing and climbing and climbing. If I'm boxing, I'm fearful. This Ryan Garcia-Javante Davis fight coming up April 22nd better measure up. I believe it will, by the way. Why are we not seeing Terrence Crawford versus Errol Spence Jr.? Why have we not already seen Canelo Alvarez versus David Benavidez? Why have we not seen this? See, just like you got Vince McMahon, despite his trouble still being a man in charge of the WWE, Dana White in control of the UFC. See, this is what boxing needs. Because that's the problem with boxing. Yeah, we might show up the night they have a fight. We might look forward that week. They might sell out arenas and they might get pay-per-view sales. But the sport of boxing itself has been compromised by promoters who prevent or prevent us from seeing the fights that we want to see when we want to see them. UFC doesn't do that. And even though world wrestling entertainment is different than the UFC, obviously, some would argue outcomes are decided. It's a bit choreographed. Doesn't take away from their great athleticism, their great wrestling abilities. Period, and the and, and, and the entertainment machine that they are. If I'm a guy like John Bones Jones, for example, who I believe is the greatest in the world, the greatest ever, John Bones Jones is that dude. I love John Bones Jones, but he could use some lessons with entertainment. Because when you're John Bones Jones and you haven't it fought it in three years, and everybody and their grandmother has been salivating to see you into the octagon and you get into the octagon, and inside of two minutes, you take out Cyril Gunn with a guillotine choke. Yes, you're great. Yes, you're phenomenal. Yes, you're unreal and incomparable. But it doesn't lend itself. Towards the entertainment. See, that's why we miss Francis Ngano already. Because he was a heavyweight champion of the world in the UFC. All right? And he was a knockout artist. And we love the knockouts. If we have a choice between seeing a guillotine choke or a knockout, if we have a choice between seeing anything but a knockout, we're going to pick the knockout every time. So when I think about the uh, William Morris Endeavor having the WWE and the UFC, I would tell you, don't change a damn thing about the UFC in terms of what happens inside of that octagon. Just make sure you do all you can to remind the fighters out there that entertaining folks does matter. It contributes to the bottom line. And it ain't always with a punch. Remember, Edwards knocked out Usman with a kick in their their second fight. Trilogy, obviously, Edwards won by decision. But a knockout's a knockout. Why do you think Michael Chandler's so popular? Why do you think Conor McGregor's still missed? Why do you think Jorge Masvidal, even though he got knocked out by Usman, And lost to Kobe Covington. Even though that happened, why do you think that he's still an attraction? Because he's coming to knock people out. With the WWE, they got entertainment down pat. They're just missing something. I love Roman Reigns. Love Roman Reigns. The one thing that WWE is missing, and I love it. I love being at WrestleMania 39. It's phenomenal. I got to see everybody. I got to meet John Cena for the first time. The Undertaker was there. I got to meet them, took pictures with both of them. My girl, Stephanie, Stephanie McMahon, I love her. It was great to see her. I got all of this going on. But let me tell you something. One thing WWE is missing. Reigns is a star. Seth Rollins and all of these guys, Cody Rhodes always got that popular. I got it. But that Hulk Hogan, that Randy Macho Man Savage, that Undertaker, that The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, John Cena in his prime, Goldberg. Ric Flair, that mega, mega dude that marries the camera. It's the only thing they're missing. It's the only thing they're missing. I loved WrestleMania 39. I love the athletes that they have. I love the way they fight. I love how exciting that they are. I love the storytelling. Nobody does it better than the WWE. They're phenomenal. Phenomenal. They just need that one dude. The Rock Goldberg, Hulk Hogan, that kind. They need that one dude. One dude. Ric Flair. Woo. He was there too. Styling and profiling. They need that one dude. That's it. And knowing William Morris endeavor the way that I do. Everything that I said about the UFC, even though Dana White is running it exceptionally well, by the way, even though Vince McMahon is still there at the WWE and my man Nick Khan is going to stay on as president and all this other stuff. William Morris Endeavor combined with the WWE, they're going to find that one dude. One of these days that marries the camera. And by the way, I wasn't joking about my participation in it. If Snoop Dogg get in the ring, I can too, but I ain't fighting nobody. I want to be a bad guy manager. I want to be the next Bobby, the brain Heenan. Paul Heyman coming out there, you know, what? Roman Reigns, is a bad guy, but is he really, you know, I'd be a villain, I ain't gonna lie, and I'd love it. Damn, I should have been there last year when it was in Dallas. Could you imagine if I had walked out there with a cowboy hat on as a bad guy manager in Dallas, Texas? Me, in Dallas. Cause you know how I feel about them damn cowboy fans. Could you imagine? That would have been spectacular. I'll admit it. But anyway, those are just my thoughts. I told you I'd get to Marjorie Taylor Greene in a minute. Guess who else I'm going to get to? Drake and Kanye West. Don't touch that dial. Stick around. Don't go nowhere. It's Stephen A. No mercy in house. Did you know that last year the S&P 500 went down 20 percent? Bitcoin went down almost 60 percent, but gold not only didn't lose money, but went up a few percentage points. So far this year, gold has been steadily rising and silver is up almost 30 percent in the last six months. Experts predict gold will continue to skyrocket this year, and you don't want to miss out. That's because gold protects you from inflation and market volatility. Gold and silver should be a part of every balanced investment portfolio. Legacy Precious Metals is the company I trust when it comes to investing in precious metals. What I like about LPM is they have an education-first approach. Making investing decisions can be overwhelming, but their team takes the time to answer all of your questions and give recommendations based on your personal situation. Call Legacy Precious Metals at 866-257-3080 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com to download your free investing guide. Don't leave your finances the chance. Be informed. Contact my friends at Legacy Precious Metals. This is the moment of a lifetime. Uh-huh. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. And flat line i push it to the red line who gon stop me high? who gon stop me high before i get on out of here let me tell you a couple of things <clears throat> i'm a fan of drake huge fan every time i see him i go up say hello give him a hug That's my it's my man i love him love his music love him as a person I think he's brilliant uh, i think he's a brilliant artist He's conscientious very communicative very articulate the brother special in a lot of different ways um, But I saw what he did. You know, it's all over social media and stuff like that. Him sampling Kim Kardashian's voice, her talking about divorcing Kanye West, and then obviously having a photo of her that she once posted on Instagram, if I remember correctly, up on the page. Come on, Drake. You know, listen, Kanye... He's had some issues, no doubt about it. And I know that Drake likes to troll him from time to time and was looking forward to Kanye clapping back at him. Kanye was once banned from Twitter, but ultimately reinstated. We get all of that. He's married to somebody else, living his life, the whole bit. All I'm saying is, you know, fellas, all the fellas out there, can, can, can we refrain from talking about other people's women or exes? Can we do that? I mean, it's just certain things that, you know, it's just like when you're fighting somebody, you know, you you, you know, you know you don't hit them below the belt. You know, you would like to avoid doing something like that because you imagine if it's you. Can we do that? Can we do that? Kanye's got enough problems. He seems to be in a good place psychologically now compared to what he, wants, what he was months ago. Can, can we hold on to that? Can, can, can we do that and not antagonize this brother? You know? I mean, I'm happy he landed on his feet. I'm happy he seems to be okay. I'm not wishing any harm on him. And deep down, I know Drake ain't Drake ain't that kind of dude. I don't know Drake like that, but I'm just saying I don't think he's that kind of dude. But you know, you know, something did go on or something was going on with you know you and you know KK as in Kim Kardashian. You know, ain't none of our business. You know, ain't none of our business. He Ain't gotta rub it in. I'm just saying, you know, I mean, damn. This is, this is why I think it's always important to be private. You know, listen, don't let nobody know who your woman is unless she's your wife. That's my philosophy. Because if you you dating somebody and then something happens and y'all part ways and then she gets with somebody else and you in the public eye, well, that she ain't just her own person. She's your ex. Somebody else is getting your girl. See, that's why you don't, say that, you don't say anything. It's not anybody's business. What you doing and who you doing it with is your private business. I will never understand this insatiable need everybody has to let everybody know their damn business. I really don't get it. Hell, I wrote a book, Straight Shooter, but it was about my childhood. and About what happened to me in my career. Oh, There's a whole bunch of stuff I didn't tell It's a bestseller Straight shooter right here New York Times bestseller When you speak, speak truth But it doesn't mean that every truth has to be told Just a thought y'all Just a thought Let me transition To This woman Marjorie Taylor Greene She's a representative out of the state of Georgia that felt the need um, to make some new some noise this week. When former President Trump was indicted and, and arraigned a few days ago, she was in New York City. She had to have a lot of security because folks in the city were running her out of town. Um, naturally, um, she had some. Ridiculous things to say, because that is what she does from time to time. Um, she talked about how dirty and filthy the city of New York was. You know, crime ridden, homelessness on the streets. She called it a filthy city. <clears throat> I'm a native New Yorker. New York to me is Gotham City is one of the greatest in the world. Um, We have our issues, no doubt. We have a whole lot of pluses. We have a whole lot of pluses. Do I think her remarks were excessive? Yes. Do I think they were insulting? Yes. Do I think they were unnecessary? Yes. But I do think it should put New Yorkers on high alert from the standpoint that this is our city and we do need to take better care of it. Homelessness is a problem in this city. Crime is a problem in this city. Now, that's a problem in a lot of other cities throughout the United States of America. We ain't the only ones. Okay? And there are cities in this country that are a hell of a lot worse. And I got news for you. Some people would say it's pretty bad in Atlanta. Now, I'm quite sure she represents other districts outside of Atlanta, but that's beside the point. All I'm saying is, is that was it excessive? Yes. Was it uncalled for? Yes. Was it insulting? Yes. Was it intentional? You're damn right it is, Because that's what Marjorie Taylor Greene tends to do. And she's been known to say what I consider to be relatively ignorant things like we should divorce ourselves. The right and the left, it should be a divorce. We ain't the United States of America anymore. Really? What are you trying to say exactly? If that were the case, racist xenophobes, misogynistic individuals, transphobia individuals, et cetera, what level of support would they have from anywhere? What what level of support would blacks have if Marjorie Taylor Greene had her way in terms of dividing things along those lines in the United States of America? I think that's utterly ridiculous. She said one of the most ignorant things I think I've ever heard. She was talking about Trump because she was there to support him in defense of him. She thinks as much ado about nothing, the 34 uh, 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 felony counts that he's been charged with um, because of paying hush money to uh, Stormy Daniels, the former porn star or the porn star, whatever you want to call her. Um, But listen to what Marjorie Taylor Greene said about Donald Trump. Quote, Trump is joining some of the most incredible people in history. Being arrested today, she said during an interview with Right Side Broadcasting in New York, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Nelson Mandela was arrested, served time in prison. Jesus, Jesus was arrested and murdered by the Roman government. She said Trump joins the ranks of people who have been arrested and persecuted by radical, corrupt governments. (sighs) Apartheid existed in South Africa. So I guess the statement about radical, corrupt governments, one could argue that. Obviously, back in the days of Jesus Christ and the Roman government, I don't know. Trump mentioned in the same breath as Nelson Mandela and Jesus Christ. Nelson Mandela was a black man heading the ANC, arrested and thrown in prison for 27 years because he was fighting apartheid in South Africa. Jesus is Jesus. We don't need to go on ad nauseum about who he is and what he represents to this world. Deified for a reason. Son of God. That's who she mentioned in the same breath with Donald Trump or mention Donald Trump in the same breath with, if you ever needed further proof that this particular individual, this representative within our United States government is completely off her rocker. You have it there, but it speaks to a bigger problem. Because she's coming across, I'm not saying she feels this way, because I don't know, in fairness to her. But she's coming across as somebody who believes Trump is worthy of being worshipped. He's a man. He sleeps, eats, bleeds, and breathes, just like the rest of us. He's a man. She obviously considers him significantly more than that. And that's the problem. Because everybody and their mother knows that the way we're looking, because we're in a recession, they don't want to admit it, but we're in a recession. The economy ain't what it should be. We've got the woke culture on the left. We see people on the fridges. The mag is on the right. The woke culture on the left. That makes up about 14 to 15% of the population. The rest of us are in the middle somewhere. But they make the most noise. And as a result, our country is in chaos. And instead of being sensible and recognizing the fact, if you're a Republican, that almost any other Republican would beat Biden in a re-election, in his re-election bid. That's what I believe. I think DeSantis would beat Biden. I think the way things are right now, Almost any Republican would beat Biden other than Trump. But for some reason, these people gravitate to Trump knowing that he could win the Republican nomination, but the chances of him winning a general election are slim because he won't have the independents and he certainly won't have folks on the left. He's not going to get the independents because the independents are going to look at him and say, we don't need distress." stress because just like Michael Cohen, I know you don't want me to use that name, said on his appearance, just like Chris Cuomo alluded to, it'll be chaos if Trump is back in the White House. Because you'll think you'll see people that are fearful of a civil war taking place and they won't vote for him. I said it to you before and I'll say it again. Biden didn't get 80 million plus votes. 80 million plus people didn't vote for Joe Biden. They voted against Trump. Because they're fearful of the chaos and the incivility he would provoke throughout this nation. I don't think that's the case with any other Republican, which begs the question. Why are folks like Marjorie Taylor Greene running around acting like it has to be Trump come Ella high water? Are you really thinking about the country? Or are you thinking about you? Because chances are Trump would lose a general election. She's not thinking about winning. She's thinking about him. And that's exactly how Trump likes it. Which is exactly the problem. I'm gonna get on out of here today. Thank y'all for joining me. I'll be back in a couple of days. I always say you don't have to know sports to know mercy. I believe that's true. As usual, I'm required to know both whenever I'm doing this podcast.